Before we get into this episode, we have a quick favor to ask you. If you love our show, please scroll down to the review section of your favorite podcast platform and leave us a five-star rating. If you have a few more seconds, please also leave us a review telling us what you like most about our show. We read every single one of these and we appreciate them so much. This will also help us grow and get into the ears of those who love true crime and food as much as you do. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Extra Cheese by your friends at Dietetics After Dark. Hey everyone, I'm Sarah. And I'm Becca. Welcome back to Extra Cheese. We're back. We took a little bit of a break while we wrapped up our coursework, but we're officially back with your bi-weekly sprinkle of extra cheese. And we have an exciting new addition to the Extra Cheese episode today. So stay tuned till the end to hear what it is. Okay, so I have the story today and it's really sad. So prepare yourself. Okay. But it's important to share, I think, because it shows how scary severe allergies can be, even though I think people like to joke about allergies sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, unfortunately. Yeah, But they are very serious, and this story is a bit of a wake-up call. And I'm going to reference the article after I tell the story because the headline spoils literally the entire thing. (laughs) So in 2013... 27-year-old Chantelle Giacalone was modeling in a fashion show at the Mandalay Bay South Convention Center in Las Vegas, and her friend brought her a frozen yogurt with a bite-sized peanut butter-infused pretzel on top. Sounds delicious. It does. My mouth just watered. (laughs) And I'm guessing that it just looked like a regular pretzel and didn't have any visible peanut butter flavoring or coating because... Despite having a severe peanut allergy, Jacqueloni took a bite, Mm. and almost immediately, she goes into anaphylactic shock. 
because it was a fashion show and there was a large crowd there, there were medics on the scene from a company called Medic West Ambulance, and she went to them right away to seek help. However, they were unable to treat her properly, and her brain was deprived of oxygen for several minutes, leaving her with severe brain damage. Oh, that's so tragic. It's so tragic. She was 27, so young. Giacalone is now a quadriplegic and can only communicate with her eyes and must eat through a feeding tube. Poor girl. It's so scary. So, Becca, you have allergies. How does it feel to hear this story? I mean, obviously, it's terrifying. Luckily for me, my allergies are more like skin related and whatnot. Like I'll get hives. But yeah, obviously, it's it's terrifying. It's just a very unfortunate circumstance. Like it just seems like nobody was really prepared in the situation mm -hmm. to deal yep. with an allergic reaction. Absolutely. And I think what struck me about this story is that even as someone who studies nutrition and kind of understands allergies more than most people, I haven't really heard of a case of brain damage from an allergy. They feel very treatable. You know, people have their EpiPen and they carry it on them and they're prepared and it should be okay as long as you're vigilant. Yeah. And there are medics. And there are medics as well. there. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's shocking. Okay. So on April 9th, 2021, so just about a week ago, Giacalone's family was awarded $29.5 million by a Las Vegas court because the judge determined that the medical team was negligent in treating her. Wow. Yes. So apparently they didn't have any IV epinephrine on site, which is the treatment for severe anaphylactic shock. And it's actually legally required that that IV epinephrine is with the medics. So it was an oversight. Okay. They did have intramuscular epinephrine, so that would be like an EpiPen, mm -hmm. and they did administer it, but because her allergy was so severe and her anaphylaxis had already progressed to a certain extent, it wasn't enough. Oh, no. Do they know how, how long it took her to find the medics? It didn't say a specific amount of time, but I did read sources that said immediately. Oh. So, like, right away she knew mm -hmm, of course. that she'd consumed peanuts and she must have maybe known where the medic tent was and just went right there. Mm -hmm. And it still wasn't enough. So $29.5 million, though, is a good sum of money. The Giacalone family says they'll use the money to outfit their home better to fit Chantel's needs, including installing a special shower. And the family will also make a foundation for people suffering from similar brain injuries. So yeah, that's the story today. That's a downer. That's such a downer. I know, it's super sad. I got most of that information from an article from health.com called This Model Was Left With Brain Damage After Eating a Peanut Butter Infused Pretzel, Here's How That Can Happen by Corin Miller. All I'm thinking right now is how upset and guilty that friend must have felt. I know. I know. That was what I thought about too. And so I did some sleuthing and you can find who it was. Her name is out there, but I didn't want to mention it because no. I'm sure she feels so bad. Yeah. And it's not her fault at she all. She didn't no. know about the allergy. Okay. So she didn't know about the allergy. She likely didn't know about the peanut mm -hmm. in the froyo anyways. So totally. it's just oy. really sad. And something else that came up for me, like, so I spent 
years as a server and bartender and served many people with allergies. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they could be taken more seriously and that servers and bartenders should have better training for serving people with allergies. 100%. This is an area where I feel very passionate about because, Mm -hmm. oh, Rosie also feels passionate (laughs) Passionate. about it. (laughs) But as somebody who has worked as a server, but who also has an allergy, you Mm -hmm. don't really get, or at least like, what was this? I like 10 years ago when I was a server, Mm -hmm. you didn't really get much training in what to do when somebody presents themselves saying they have an allergy, but you also weren't really told what to do if somebody had an allergic reaction. No training at all. No training. Like we would serve people that would come in and they'd be like, hey, I'm allergic to these four things. And what I had to say, what I would respond is we have all those things in our kitchen and Mm -hmm. we can't guarantee that it'll be allergy safe, but we can do our best. And all that I would do is run to the back, tell the chef, well, I would, when I ordered it on the computer, you would flag, let's say peanut allergy. Mm -hmm. Then you run to the back, tell the chef, be like, hey, this is a peanut allergy. But we were an extremely busy kitchen mm-hmm. that had peanuts in open air. So how safe could it really be? Yeah. No, I, I do like the way that you phrase that, though, because, again, as somebody who has intolerances and allergies, one mm-hmm. of the most mortifying things for me personally when I'm eating out is when a server asks, is that an allergy or, like, is it an allergy or a preference? Because it just, it fe- it has been asked so many times and it's just like, it just kind of feels like an invasion of privacy, first of all. You yeah. shouldn't really be asking somebody if they have an allergy unless mm-hmm. they offer that information. And also the whole allergy or preference, which mm-hmm. is asked all the time, I feel like it's missing a whole other range of issues. Intolerances. Like, yeah, yeah, you have intolerances there. Like, I don't know, maybe I don't want to my pants the next day. Um, yeah. And like, I don't want to have to say that when I'm at a table with other people. Absolutely. And it's just, it feels like it's kind of an invasion of privacy. So I do really like and appreciate the way that you phrase that because I do think that it should be kind of rephrased to say something like, we can't ensure that our food is completely free of X, Y, and Z. Is that okay? Yeah. Or something along those lines. I'm so surprised to hear that people ask you that. Like so directly. That is so also laced with judgment and Mm -hmm. like disbelief. And are you really allergic Mm -hmm. kind of energy? That's not cool. And then like just to talk about, I guess, the other side is I guess this rise of people like thinking that they have intolerances and saying they have an allergy, which creates that skepticism, I guess. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want to sound mean, but like. Like I had one person come in, I remember, and just say that they're allergic to spices. And I was like, oh, any in particular? And they're just like, all the spices. And I was like, well, we use so many. I cannot guarantee that nothing will have like, like, do you mean even black pepper? They were just like, yeah, all the spices. And I I doubt that they were allergic to all spices. Yeah, that's that's right. No, I think they had a preference. And it's like extremely hard for a really busy kitchen to adapt to everyone's preferences. Mm -hmm. And in fact, some restaurants will just say, no, we don't adapt to preferences. And you know what? As again, like I feel like I would appreciate that more than being kind of like probed for questions and stuff. I don't know. I just, I feel like that's a better way to go about it. If you can't guarantee it, be upfront about it. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so stressful. And I also remember one time I was serving just around this time that there was a case in Montreal where a server got sued for 
serving someone with a fish allergy salmon in a dimly lit restaurant so that they couldn't see that it was salmon, apparently. I don't know how they didn't smell that it was salmon, but I'm not here to judge. But the server was held liable for serving the dish to someone that had an allergy, which scared the – like, it scared me so much because I was serving at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember, right, I like read that news article that morning and then I went to work and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I had this woman sit in my section and she had like seven allergies. And so I gave her my spiel. We can't guarantee. And then at the end, I asked her, I was like, do you have an EpiPen just in case? And she walked out. She (gasps) was really not happy that I had asked her that. And I was like, well, it's like, I'm liable if you, if something happens and I just want to make sure. And she walked out. So I guess that's a little bit maybe an invasion of privacy, but I also think it scared her. For sure. But I thought it was a fair question at the time. <laughs> no, you know what? It, it's tough because it's a balance, right? Like you want to balance somebody's privacy, but you also don't want to be, you don't want to injure somebody or be liable for it. Oh my gosh, no. That's so scary. Yeah, it's tough. And I think that new protocols just need to kind of roll out in terms of how to deal mm-hmm. with allergies. Yes, yeah, serious training. Okay, so that was a bit of a a tangent. But we also have something else really exciting for our Mm -hmm. extra cheese this week. So in our episode about MLMs and the gifting tables, I told you about a rare condition called pine mouth. You remember that? Of course I remember. It's a type of dysgeusia or taste alteration that occurs after someone eats pine nuts. And it lasts for about two to four weeks. And the pine nut, the person who ate the pine nuts will have an intensely bitter or metallic taste in their mouth whenever they eat something. And so we actually had a gentleman named Paolo, an Italian listener and fellow podcaster of the podcast Thoughts on the Table, reach out to us and send us his personal experience with pine mouth syndrome. So let's check it out. I'm excited. Hi, Beck and Sarah. This is Paolo. I'm one of your listeners. And yes, you in a recent episode talked about a strange thing that happens to some people after they eat pine nuts. They experience a strange alteration of their sense of taste so that everything tastes metallic. And that's obviously awful. Well, I experience something similar, though it's not exactly uh, the same. But I thought I'd mention it to you because it may be interesting. So, What happened to me was about 10 years ago, so my memory is a little bit blurry. What I remember is one day I woke up and uh, my food tasted funny. So we started with breakfast, milk and cookies. That's how I have my breakfast. And uh, it wasn't good. So I thought something wrong with the milk or I don't know what happened here. So I tried something else, but it also wasn't good. After a while, I also compared with my wife and it was clear there was something something with me, not, not something with the food. And then I remember that the day before, I had something unusual for me. So back then, I was living in Vancouver, where I lived for 18 years. So I was kind of in the middle of my, of my time in Vancouver. And uh, the day before, I had a lot of pine nuts. I bought pine nuts in bulk. I remember that in a big supermarket. And I uh, used them to make pesto because I had got a hold of some basil, which was actually very good. And then because I had a lot of pine nuts, I also used them in a salad. So these pine nuts were a bit unusual for me there in Vancouver. Though growing up uh, in Italy, I did have pine nuts uh, frequently. 
in pesto, in, I don't know, in strudel, and in other preparations, and I never noticed any, anything strange. But that time, I figured it was the pine nuts, because, again, it was the only thing that was unusual. Then I went on and, and researched it a little bit. I did, I did a search, and I found that a lot of people were describing my exact same symptoms. So there was back then, this was before social media, uh, we had uh, forums and people were, were chatting about this. So I posted my message. It was kind of a support group, really. And they, they said that my pine nuts might have been contaminated with uh, some kind of a toxin or uh, a poison. It's not clear exactly what, what it is, but certainly I wasn't the only one experiencing this. So What were the symptoms for me? At that point, I started to pay attention exactly to the alteration of flavor that I was experiencing. For me, it was the exaggeration or the accentuation of bitterness in food. It was like 10 times the strength of uh, normal bitterness, to the point that I was now noticing that there was bitterness in food that I never thought was there in the first place. For instance, a toast, just toasted bread, tasted awful. But, uh, I don't know, plain water out of the tap was okay. I didn't taste anything strange in water. Also, I could have a teaspoon of sugar, just plain sugar, and that was also okay. But, you know, if I tried to have uh, some bread, oh, there was something there that I, I couldn't stand. And this went on for two weeks, so it was awful. Every day, I remember, I would wake up and try a test uh, go taste a piece of bread, hoping that it would be less than the day before. But sure enough, it was the same, and it went on and on and on, until one day, yes, it was a bit better, and it had started to, to leave my system, and, uh, and, and then eventually it went away, and uh, I never experienced it again. To be honest, I was a little bit wary of pine nuts, so I hadn't been eating pine nuts for, for several months after that. But after a while, I tried again. Uh, this time, I didn't go to the bulk section. I don't know if it's anything to do with that, but I went for the more expensive kind. Uh, but anyway, it never happened again. And uh, I today uh, still have them from time to time. Still a little bit concerned, but nothing has happened again. So hopefully my story will uh, resonate with someone who experienced something similar. Alteration of flavor is extremely interesting to me. So um, thanks for bringing this up in your, in your episode. And I look forward to hearing more about this topic, if you will ever discuss it in a future episode. Thank you again. It was a pleasure talking with you and uh, best of luck with everything. Paulo, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. It sounds truly terrible. So terrible. That's <laughs> such a long time to have metallic taste in Absolutely. your mouth. And all he could really have was water and plain sugar. For five cooling knows, three weeks. Yeah. So I actually did a little more research on what some of the leading theories are about why pine mouth occurs. Ooh. And it's really interesting. So have you ever heard of a super taster? No, are those like taste buds receptors? It's a type of person basically that has really sensitive taste. Oh. Yeah. It's a person, like a superpower. Yes, absolutely. So there's this compound called PTC, which stands for phenylthiocarbamide. And there are basically two types of people in the world. Those who think that PTC tastes insanely bitter and unpalatable and just gross. And those who think it's just slightly bitter and virtually tasteless. 
There's also a similar compound called propylthiouracil or PROP that produces the exact same effect. So some taste it as super, super bitter and some barely taste it. And this ability to taste both PROP and PTC is coded for by a single gene, the TAS2R38 gene. So there are two main forms of this gene um, called alleles. So you can either have the tasting allele, which is the dominant allele. Mm -hmm. And if you have that, then you're considered a taster or a super taster. And if you have the non-tasting allele, which is the recessive one, then you're a non-taster. And you can also actually be a medium taster, which is a little bit poorly understood on a genetic level, but it puts you somewhere in the middle of the two. Okay. Um, I have a quick question, and yes. I don't know if you found this in your, your research. Mm-hmm. Cilantro. Not the same gene. Not the same gene. Okay. No, and neither is tonic. Interesting. Okay, so approximately 25% of Americans are non-tasters, 50% are medium tasters, and 25% are super tasters, which means that the bitterness will be more pronounced. Okay. Makes sense? Yeah, that's a huge percent of the population. I know. One in four are super tasters. So you can test if you're a super taster by actually getting something called PTC strips, and then you taste them, see how bitter they are to you. But you also might already know because you probably find certain foods really bitter. So anything in the cabbage family is really common, like kale, broccoli, cauliflower, and cabbage. Coffee, celery, and collard greens will all likely taste super bitter to you. So that's why a lot of super tasters are actually pretty picky eaters. Oh, that's so interesting. I'm definitely not a super taster. Me either. (laughs) People who drink coffee and also people who smoke cigarettes typically like are absolutely not super tasters and it'll dull their taste buds as well. Mm, Other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, Okay. So bringing it back to pine mouth, one theory is that it occurs in individuals that are homozygous for the taster alleles on the TAS2R38 gene. So that means they have two... Uh, of the same dominant taster allele. Because the taster allele is dominant, you might still be a super taster if you have the heterozygous uh, configuration, so a taster and a non-taster allele, but you wouldn't be more susceptible to pine mouth in theory. And again, this is just a theory and it's actually based off a single case study, so it's really not Mm. um, confirmed by any stretch. And then also in terms of how long pine mouth lasts, it's about two to four weeks. And that's similar to the turnover rate for the taste cells on our tongue. Oh, that's so interesting. That makes sense, right? So the resolution of pine mouth might actually occur just because your taste buds are regenerating. That's fascinating. Um, Okay. Do you remember in, I think it was, wait, you didn't take physiology. I took the second part. More recent. Oh, you did. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we learned, was it every seven or 14 years, all of your cells have regenerated? I don't know, but that is so cool. There, Yeah, there's a certain number of years where, like, after that point, you'll have completely different cells from, like, seven, 14 years ago. Maybe I'll insert a quick fact check. Okay, confirmed. It's seven to 10 years. So between seven and 10 years, all of your cells will have regenerated in your body. Whoa. You're technically a completely different person. That is trippy. Isn't that so trippy? That's cool, though. Sometimes I wonder why I can't remember things that happened in high school, and I feel like that's probably why. Because <laughs> all your cells are... I don't have any of my high school cells left. 
Oh my goodness, that is so cool. All right, that is it for today's episode. Pretty interesting, eh? Yeah, some really fascinating, thought-provoking, sad topics, but all very relevant and important. Totally. So if you actually have a weird or interesting food story that you'd like to share on the podcast, we would love to hear it. So you can email us at dietheticsafterdark at gmail.com and we'll get you featured on our next extra cheese. We can look into it for you, figure Mm -hmm. out maybe why it happened. I really love how you did that breakdown, Sarah. Yeah, we'll do some research for you. Sounds good. It'll be fun. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extra Cheese. You can find all the references in our show notes at dieteticsafterdark.com. This is an independently produced podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to our show. And if you have an interesting food story and you'd like to ask us some nutrition questions and be featured on the podcast, email us at dieteticsafterdark at gmail.com. To stay up to date with Dietetics After Dark, follow us on Instagram at Dietetics After Dark or on Twitter at It's the Dad Pod. This podcast is recorded and edited by Earworm Radio. We highly recommend their services for all your podcasting needs. Learn more about Earworm Radio at earwormradio.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.